to figure out my family polygonometry. You probably need a PhD polygonometry. Oh, it's the math of my family tree. The math that leads to my pedigree. Oh, it's the math of my life. Polygonometry. What's going on, all you sunbeams out there? You're listening to Polygonometry. This is a family podcast where each week I sit down with one of my many, many relatives to discuss what it's like growing up in polygamy. My guest on the show this week is someone who I consider to be one of my best friends and confidants. Uh, Her and I went through a lot of the same types of things growing up together, and we're definitely going to get into that in this episode. So I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you enjoy learning about what it's like growing up in polygamy from the perspective of my dad's dad's second oldest brother's third wife's only daughter's oldest daughter. Uh, hey, really quick, before we get into the episode today, something that I want to just like hash out really quick is there might have been some questions from some listeners about the sound effect that was happening in last week's episode. It's my sensor sound. It's the sound that I use to bleep out names of people who aren't willing to have their name be on the podcast just yet. So it's the name drop raindrop, if you want to call it. So that is what I'm going to be using to bleep out names in the future. It happens a little bit in this episode as well, and more than likely episodes going forward. I just hope that you guys understand what I'm doing there. Also, if you guys have questions about whatever, about life and polygamy, anything you want, send in your questions to polygonometrypod at Gmail or on the Instagram page or the Facebook page. That way, in February, that's my tentative plan, is that I'm going to be doing a Q&A episode. Just me, no guest, and I'm going to be reading off the listeners' questions and answering them as best as I can. And that's going to be recorded probably on the Saturday before that Sunday, so February 6th. So coming down the pipe pretty quick here. And so send in your questions. I'd love to answer them, and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I miss it though like Pines Academy those were like simple days as messed up as like being that involved in the religion is like and and looking back Mm -hmm. holy shit but those were also the really good days like we knew what was what we knew what was right and what was wrong Mm -hmm. you believed everything that your parents told you you followed what the green vest said green vest (laughs) you gotta tell dude okay so the green vests I don't know. I think green vests were legal child abuse. That's what <laughs> green vests were. I remember. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Rhymes with Judy. You can bleep that oh out if you my. want. No. But she would yell at us. She, she would was... yell at us. Get your butts back in the hall. Like if we were anywhere we weren't supposed to be. Oh my god. Screaming. Okay. Yeah, she was. She was a menace for sure. But, okay. (laughs) I'm just thinking about, well, okay, so they went from green vests and they changed to red vests. Yes, yes, because I don't know, because red means stop, green means go. Dude, okay, the way that you said that and the way that you looked at me means that we're on the same level of appreciation for what happened, right? (laughs) So, like, both of us feel as though changing to red was, like, a stupid move. (laughs) 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 You know what I mean? (laughs) We're just kind of like, oh, that's dumb. It's, no, it's green vest, not red vest. I don't know what happened. 
but <laughs> they ran out of green fabric. They I mean, ran out of green <laughs> polygamists are known to save dimes. Like we got a bunch of red fabric kicking green, around. Green dye is too expensive. We gotta change something up here. <laughs> but yeah, they were they were there to like police the halls. Sixth graders got so, assigned yeah. the job. To yeah, they were hall the halls yeah. of Pines Academy growing up. Mm-hmm. But we and my grade started like the underground society, the anti green or red vest whichever one it was did you group. wait hold on so you like oh i had it going <laughs> no. girls bathroom 10 15 during the lunch break you meet there and we talk about how we're gonna rally this because oh my god ari you are a <laughs> <laughs> you're like a total i don't know rebel like i i i would think of your personality in pines academy as being like a very key character in like Les Mis you know what I mean yeah but like <laughs> let's be real here let's talk about how hard it is to be a badass when you're surrounded by like a bunch of fundamentalists more I mean like even when I moved to Utah I thought I was like oh yeah I'm getting out of here I'm gonna go to Logan mm-hmm. I learned really quick that the only thing I needed to be considered kind of like one of the cool kids that's edgy was mm-hmm. carry a cup of coffee around Oh my god! Got my cup of coffee, and all of a sudden, it's like oh, she like, she's a bad girl. Yeah. Whoa. So, I think it's the same thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your your rebellious streak is epitomized by just carrying a Starbucks. Yep, yep, I got it. But yeah, no, we 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 met in the girls' bathroom, the one that's like the entrance to the gym. Mm-hmm. And talked about how we were going to bring the green bus down. By the way, all of our listeners know exactly which bathroom. We're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You have dreams of Pines Academy all the time. I have so many dreams that are set in that building for whatever yeah, all reason. All the time. No, yeah. I think of. I think of. Well, so I have. I have so much attachment, or not attachment, but like memories attached to very specific mm-hmm. places within mm-hmm. the building itself. Right. So the gym has its own feel. Yeah. Right. The the balcony on the east side. I have so many spider dreams of that. Sp- <laughs> There's always spiders on that balcony, and I no, have to I'm like cross about... the balcony to oh, get to the, the other side. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. No, and then, dude, do you remember the the west side balcony, uh-huh. the one that was just rickety, absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 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 scary. Yeah. Dude, I go up there. I've like tried to, like when we were doing. When I was coaching, like, <laughs> here's another thing we could talk about is uh, Piney League basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was refing a bunch, uh, there was, like, some, one or the, a few of the times where, like, someone chucked a ball up there and they're like, hey, it's halftime. Can you, run, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. can you run up the wall and then climb up, climb up the supports and then stand on the backboard to get onto the balcony? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And grab, like, some kid's ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember getting up there and I, had, I hadn't been up there in, like, years and I get up on top on that red carpet. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know exactly like, what you're talking about. Okay. Oh, it's scary. It's narrow. It's high. It's narrow rickety. Time. And yeah. the carpet's like 50 years old. But and is yeah. it actually rickety, though? <laughs> it. I'm pretty sure it's rickety. It's squeaky, for sure. It probably squeaks. It's definitely squeaky. Yeah. yeah. No, but how... I mean, something that I've thought of looking back, like I have all these dreams set in Pines Academy. There were places in the building that scared me, even though I have overall fond memories of of my childhood and going to Pines Academy. Yeah. Like now I know, oh, this friend got molested in that spot in Pines Academy. Oh, really? Like I, I know several stories of those hallways. Yeah. yeah, like across from the first, yeah, by the yeah. balcony, like, you know how there are the two doors? Mm-hmm. 
in those hallways, like during church, during meetings, like yeah. some dark stuff happened yeah. in that building. And I don't know if I really believe in energy lingering and stuff, but like I said, I have tons of dreams about about those buildings. And do you think? Okay, so here's a question: Do you think that the what you said earlier of like not believing in energies being attached to a place like a dark energy, mm-hmm. right? Do you think that that is just the like your interpretation of the events that happened so every time you like walk through that spot it's just like what you heard sure. about happening there yeah do you so like the the word energy is just basically like your perception of the events that you heard about happening mm-hmm. okay. i'm sure yeah. yeah i mean like as far as like a paranormal paranormal yeah, force and I, stuff i personally i'm not a very like a person that believes in that stuff anymore um but i i definitely don't know everything and who knows what sticks there but yeah for sure like I know that a lot of bad things happened there and so when I walk through there that's all is what I think about which doesn't make you feel good right no definitely not so yeah um but that happened everywhere I mean one of the things that was that is has probably been like the most unsettling to me as I process the way the culture that we grew up in is how many um cases of like abuse that I knew about and how unalarming it was I was pretty lucky I guess I mean I have amazing parents I love my family and I never I was I was never mistreated as a child that being said growing up in this culture I didn't think that it was that weird that other kids had been sexually abused um and then when I went to the public school when I went to Corvallis like I had you know I knew of somebody else that was being sexually abused and it was not a good situation and I didn't say anything for years I mean like a someone who wasn't from Pinesdale someone who wasn't from Pinesdale experience or going through Mm -hmm. okay and I didn't react and I I don't know maybe all kids are kind of dumb and don't know how to react to that situation and so you know I always tell my little sister and whenever kids you know if you hear about these things like you need to tell an adult but I I did that wasn't even something that occurred to me I mean this this person asked me not to tell you know and so I was like yeah okay I've had tons of other friends that I grew up with ask me not to tell and none of us told you know um what do you think do you what do you what do you think that's from like the whole because I know I know that the at least my perception of what we grew up with is misogynistic in a a lot of ways and like the women being subservient to their husbands and using scriptures to kind of justify those reprehensible behaviors and like that kind of thing um do you think that the idea or the i guess um the consistency in young women not divulging information or at least asking their friends not to tell do you think that stems from that? I mean, I think that's true for any any person. Like, rape shame is a real thing, right, in any culture. Sure. I don't think, I've thought about this a lot, I don't think that polygamists, even though they get a bad rap for, for being more involved in child abuse or sexual abuse, I don't think the culture itself is what breeds that. I think that it comes from having a lot of children and having a lot of unsupervised children. At least that's kind of what I've come to is like when kids are raising kids and there's not 
caring, loving adults that are observing, I think that bad things tend to happen. Yeah, for um, sure. And so, I mean, we and we've seen it growing up. I mean, this is not the way I intended to go with this because, like I said, I have so many fond memories, and I feel like this you, is dark. I'm I'm following you. But we knew we know of more kids that have been accidentally killed than is normal i didn't know that that was a thing either right until starting to talk to friends about it more recently as we've had some accidents over the last few years of like children who have accidentally like been ran over like that's actually not uncommon we heard that every couple of years growing up a story like that of somebody that we were related to and it's devastating and it's so 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 sad and you I don't blame anybody that being said when you have tons of kids that aren't being watched out for like that kind of thing happens but I mean I see it in Utah I can't tell you how many times when I was waitressing that I would run out of the restaurant after a two-year-old because the LDS culture down there of having so many kids you know mom doesn't know she's watching the other kids dad you know yeah you get lost in the mix yeah so I don't but anyway I think that 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 that's where it comes from it's just like a lot of kids a lot of kids unsupervised and and bad things happen when there's a lot of kids unsupervised no I, I I'm with you on that one I was also in the spot of like like hearing about accidents from just lack of supervision. Mm-hmm. It was so common. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Which common. we didn't even know that, right? You didn't know that that was a weird thing. Yeah, exactly. Until exactly. Yeah. you got out. Yeah, it wasn't and until... And spent time away. Yeah, and then just like thinking about it too. And now that you say that, like I'm having all these like flashbulb memories of various accidents that have happened, you know, due to lack of supervision. And it's like, oh my God, this list is getting longer and longer. Yeah. And then attaching that to like, oh, okay. So this is not normal to hear about these motorcycle accidents or kids driving like kids yeah Yeah. like kids like yeah hey can you take the car down to the store Mm -hmm. and they're a Mm nine-year-old you know and it's like yeah take your brothers down there to go buy some spices or whatever yeah it's just down the road yeah it's just we all knew how to drive like yeah exactly yeah and then you pile all of your little brothers and sisters and you have a nine-year-old driving but your little brothers and sisters want to ride in the trunk right and then you just have like this <laughs> 1987 Honda that's yeah. driving down the road at like 45 miles an hour <laughs> with a nine-year-old behind the wheel. That's insane. Yeah. And that happened all the time. Yeah. No, we saw that for sure. I don't know. Do you think that children are actually less valued the more kids that somebody has? I mean, is oh, that is really there an question. element of that that exists? I don't supply know. And I, <laughs> supply and demand. Supply and demand. I don't know. I don't think it is. I can't imagine, I don't know, like having one baby, my baby's seven months old, like yeah. that would that would end it for me, but I might only have one baby, you know? So yeah. maybe I think about it differently. I Wait, don't think so I do. I think you, any parent thinks. You don't want to have 15 kids? I don't. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> you don't want your husband to marry four other women? Nope. he's not allowed to so that's probably a pretty good segue of like getting into like how you and I both kind of grew up strictly in the definition Uh of what polygamy and like all that stuff is really because you and I grew up in almost the identical type of situation yes where our parents both believed in it wanted to believe in it 
but were in denial about the things they truly wanted. And you can stop me whenever I'm like no, that's, veering I would off say track that's with pretty your parents. Correct. Yeah. And then like finally coming to the realization that they're like, oh, I want to advocate for myself truly mm-hmm. by the true definition of advocation and then actually like ditching the whole religion completely. Yeah. Yeah. Which and was... not practicing polygamy as a part of that. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, an amazing experience to watch your parents grow like that. I mean, for oh, me, I have, me. I'm so proud of like where I came from. Mm-hmm. Not only from like my grandparents and great grandparents who are the ones that chose to be polygamous, but also just my parents and them leaving the religion because mm-hmm. that took so much growth and, and really bravery. Because for me, my parents raised me in a way that, and that I knew people that weren't in mm-hmm. the group. Yeah. Um, I, I knew that there were normal people that existed that didn't. <laughs> normal people that yeah, existed. but my parents and my grandparents didn't really have that. Like, yeah. it was, we we actually got conditioned a lot. I mean, I remember I remember hearing talks in religion class that we had in, in Pines Academy about, oh, you know, there are some people that leave. Look at them. They're all drug addicts. Look at these people that left. She went and she got pregnant and she doesn't know who her baby daddy is. Like those kinds of stories were drilled into us. Yeah. And they, it was almost every week. Oh yeah. Yeah. We heard about them all the time. And so like for, for our parents to be good people and to stick with that, like Mm -hmm. that they are good people. I, and to still be involved. I mean, that's one of the things that. I have so much respect for my parents for is that they've stayed involved. Like they haven't, especially they haven't thrown everybody out who believes differently than they do. Mm -hmm. They've tried actually really hard to keep people close. And I know that's harder some days than others, but I mean, I remember, I remember when my mom, um, my mom was, really insightful she you know she read a lot of self-help books growing up or she's always been as an adult she's a very grounded person yeah and so she made that decision for herself she's that she wasn't going to go along with it she didn't feel good about it and my dad was still pretty religious at this time and i remember i I don't mean to interrupt um how old were you during this time uh i think i was 13 yeah, I think I was 13 or 14 and my I remember going to church with my dad and my grandpa who I love very much. Um he's no longer with us, but he was talking up in church and my grandpa was a council member. Mm-hmm. Um and he made a statement about the statement was regarding not wanting he, that he would rather have one of his children no longer be living than to have them break their covenants. And I remember sitting next to my dad and he like stiffened up, you know, and I didn't understand it. I was young really? enough. I didn't really understand what was, wow. what that meant. And, and get, I guess the, what that meant to my mom. And then uh, sometime after that was like a fast and testimony meeting or something. And, or maybe he got called on. My dad got up on the pulpit and he talked about, how much he loved my mom and how she was the most beautiful like good person that he knew wow and that's really powerful like subtly powerful yeah 
Yeah, and I like felt so proud of my dad. That's so cool. And I didn't really understand everything that was going on. But you back still then. felt proud though. I was so proud of him, and that was a time that was scary for my dad too, because he didn't know if my mom was going to turn into one of those dark <laughs> <laughs> druggies that we always heard about. You yeah, know, <laughs> first step leaving the group, second step tattoos, and third all. step drinking coffee. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that there was a lot of hard things you know for when I was leaving like I was kind of in the mind same mindset as my parents so there was a lot of support even though maybe I was more radical about it because I was a teenager you know I drank before my parents drank I I partied unlike Dear my parents God. ever did but like <laughs> my God. but I had so much love and support mm -hmm. always for my parents and they didn't have that from their families yeah. um the and I hope that you can talk to them about it. Cause oh, I I plan to. They're they're gonna do, probably do a lot better job of describing it than I will. But well, I will it's really say, good to get your perspective on what they went through too, because that is almost beat for beat how I feel about my parents yeah. too. Yeah. So for some context, like this isn't me talking to my guest anymore. Uh, so I did not grow up with multiple moms, and neither did my guest. And so we had this perception of the religion and everything else that is like I don't know definitely a bridge between the people who don't live it and the people who do live it where we experience the same meetings we believed in the exact same things it's just that our dad was around more often that mm -hmm. was the main difference mm -hmm. right and so being able to sit down and talk about it and talk about like with your parents being able to be brave enough to stay true to themselves and feeling proud of them and the amount of bravery, bravery it takes to kind of stand up in the middle of meeting in front of the entire community, right? Like your, your dad got up and talked about, you know, your mom in this really loving and caring way while also like really kind of almost an act of defiance against mm -hmm. what your grandpa it said. It was, yeah. And so like with my parents, they, oh man, I can get so deep with this too. And I'm so excited to have them too. Uh, um, on the show but um, like they were able to be subtly sneaky about it mm -hmm. like specifically with like their garments mm -hmm. and I'm going to have my dad talk about <laughs> stuff about you know what happened when he was teaching but yeah um, but being able to sit there and be so proud of your parents and like like what you said like witnessing that growth and witnessing them on their own spiritual journey while you're going through one yourself mm -hmm. and trying to be able to navigate like oh these are my parents these are the people that i love and respect and i will follow them and do what they say mm -hmm. but you're also kind of like going through your own shit yeah involving like what you believe in and stuff yeah so but that growth i mean and that's what's hard about all of this is that everybody right now is growing and I think you're going to get into some of the history or maybe people will already have heard of that, of mm -hmm. how much change there has been in the last six, seven years in AUB. And that's triggered a lot of growth. But, yeah. um, you know, even with somebody like my grandpa who said something like that, he, mm -hmm. um, you know, my grandpa had six wives and 60 something children have you and nailed down how many yet <laughs> is he still I having kids think six, i think he had 63 kids but 63? i don't know some of those Last are I like a 64 really someone counted up 64 okay i don't know some a lot 63 of kids. 64 give or take a few <laughs> humans a few kids. <laughs> um when my grandpa and i got in a fight 
you know, as I, as I was an adult, I went to Logan for college and I came back one time and he was making sure that I was going to church. And I said, grandpa, I don't really believe in that, which was a scary thing to say to my oh grandpa. Oh my said, God. Grandpa, I don't really believe in that. And he's a council member. He is like, yeah, he is very high ranking. And I, and he said, he said, what, you know, what do you mean? You don't believe in that? Like this is, you, you should be going to church. And he meant the LDS church, by the way. Oh, really? He wanted me to be going to the mainstream LDS church for some sort of spiritual connection. Oh, just because Logan yeah. didn't have a denomination Correct. of polygamists. Yeah. Readily and available. So, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there. Um, but he, and then in that same conversation, he said, because um, I told him, I was like, Grandpa, I'm focusing on school. Like, I, you should be proud of me. And he said, you know, the best thing you can do with your life is to marry a man with the priesthood. And I said, no. I said that is not the best thing wow. I can do with my life, and I I cry when I <laughs> when I get into like heated arguments with people I love. Sure, it usually yeah. just like brings me to tears. But I will say what I need to say, and oh, I said yeah. that to my grandpa. But I was upset, mm-hmm. and um, I don't think we talked for a while after that. And then I started, you know, making sure that I called him when I was up in Montana, go to see mm-hmm. him, and. Then he got cancer, and um, yeah. it was it was really sad to like watch such a prominent person. You know, he, my grandpa was important. He yeah, was he on was on the council. Lofty. He had lots of yeah. children, and he was respected. Influential. It was hard to watch like a person like that degrade and just with decline. Cancer. Did your did your relationship with him change after you received his diagnosis? Um. Well, yes, and the thing that I remember most is um, it was like two days before he died he actually called me really yeah and Whoa. which like is a big deal when huge deal your grandpa has I mean did anyone count up how many cousins I've got <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got over 300 or 400 first cousins well they keep being born because my youngest aunt is 20 something in her young 20s right so yeah um Anyway. Mid-20s, right? Mid-20s. Yeah. Maybe. Your youngest aunt is younger than you. Yeah, she is. So she's younger than me. I'm 26. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it was a few days before he died, he called me. And he asked how school was. And he asked how yoga was going because I was really into yoga. Oh and dear he, God! He didn't know. He how didn't like that before. You? But <laughs> pursue he, religious he enlightenment. He asked how yoga was, and he asked how school was, and he told me he was proud of me. That was the last conversation wow. I had with my grandpa. That's he died incredible. Days later, yeah, I, that was like a really big gift from him, and yeah. and like in the end, it didn't matter. You know, love love trumped in that situation. I guess. Yeah. How <laughs> you can use the word Trump. He's not like Voldemort. Like it's not, it's not like he's gonna pop up and be like cast yeah. cast his deformed wand in your direction. Yeah, yeah. No. But anyway, yeah. So like people grow and people change, and and there's so much love in the way that we grew up, despite like all these hard things. Oh, I mean, we can. I can have a whole podcast about the skeletons in the closet yeah. involving us growing up. And if there's guests that I have on that talk about that stuff, I mean, we've already touched on it a little bit, but like, 
I mean, if they get into it, I'm totally down to get into it too. And what I appreciate about having you with, with me on the, on the show is like, you're able to see both sides of it and you look at the overall experience. Like you take the good, you take the bad, and then you look at it objectively and you acknowledge like how fucked up it is Mm -hmm. and how crazy it is and Mm -hmm. how uncommon of a lifestyle that we grew up in was and all that stuff and be able to take all of that into consideration and then still look at it as like, I'm proud of where I came from. I'm proud of, you know, I look back at my childhood with fondness. Like that's what I, and that's part of the reason why, or one of the many, many reasons why. Thanks, Chris. Well, I am very, very proud of where I came from, but let me be clear. It took a lot of processing. (laughs) There were some not so good days in that where I was very angry, Um, (laughs) especially when I think when I moved away for college and was all of a sudden like surrounded. I, I mean, I moved into a dorm at Utah State and like going to Logan was getting away from me. Like I wanted to distance myself from Pinesdale, which is crazy to me because I love home now. But um, I want to distance myself from it. I got to Logan. I move into my building and I realized that me and one other kid are the only two people that don't go to church on Sundays one other person in my entire dorm building okay <laughs> so of course I like you know I was being a rock star at the time so I'd yeah. like take out my electric guitar and crank it up on Sundays and play very loud music and like that was super fun Iron for me. Maiden and Van Halen <laughs> and <laughs> all the good stuff yeah but um that was at that point in in my life I didn't even know for sure that I didn't want to be LDS which is a super interesting thing to me because we've seen a lot of people that we grew up with join the we yeah. call mainstream LDS church right? let me know how interesting it is let's get into it oh, man it. okay so I moved away and I didn't know I didn't know that much about the mainstream church but I was still kind of holding on to some truth that I grew up with I knew that I didn't believe in polygamy that was a very painful thing um you know, I remember finding out when I was, I was 13, finding out that my dad had previously dated and that was, struck me so painfully. And like he had been dating another woman while still married to your mom. Correct. Yeah. And that I, even though I, in that same discussion, I had been arguing with somebody about why polygamy is a good thing and why people should live it. And, (laughs) And then this person was like, you know, it was actually really hard on your mom when your dad was dating this person and I felt so sick I thought I was gonna throw up I I felt betrayed I felt like that's so crazy yeah and so in that moment I knew that it didn't feel like a good thing but I hadn't completely done all my research I didn't know that I didn't believe in Mormonism I guess yeah when I moved away for college and went to Utah State and you know I had a boyfriend who wanted me to go to to institute with them is what it was called mm-hmm. those like yeah. Mormon classes on campus and done that before yeah <laughs> <laughs> well him and I like he was a great guy he and I got in an argument once about polygamy he was raised LDS his dad was a bishop and he was a historian of some sort did something for the church with history and he, we might have him on the show <laughs> oh really <laughs> I'm kidding I don't know I mean he he might I don't I'm not sure tell him I say hi <laughs> but this boyfriend we got in a big argument one night because he denied so hard I said you know Joseph Smith was a polygamist and so was Brigham Young and he said no and I said oh, what <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is like 
That's like saying the sky isn't blue. He said, no. He said, no, they are not. And I said, you go ask your dad. And he ended up asking me, of course his dad knew. Yeah. But they don't talk about that. In church, they pretend it doesn't exist. So I go to this institute class with him. God. And we're talking about church history. Oh, man. Are you just... Okay, so I'm just... <gasps> I'm like trying to put myself in your shoes when you're sitting with your now ex-boyfriend um, in that institute class where you are... Are you just like seething? Oh, I was seething. Because they gloss over all of these things that were considered fundamental right to our religion growing up Mm -hmm. and they're just pretending that that didn't happen and that didn't matter just real sweeping it under the rug just real broad strokes with a lot of stuff right i remember sitting there and they were talking about emma smith and they were talking about how emma had a really hard time with all of the time that her husband joseph was spending with the church and so she left (laughs) they didn't say that i was so mad i was sitting there like you mother like, <laughs> you guys are missing the whole point. Emma was pissed that her husband was with a 14-year-old. What? <laughs> can I say that? You can say whatever Why the hell you want to. Why do people not know that? Oh, my. Dude. And what's so crazy to me is that I've had those conversations, too. Very similar to the one that you had, the argument that you had with your with your boyfriend. It's like getting into the philosophy of Mormonism is something that I, I enjoy doing, obviously, which is why I started this. Mm-hmm. But, like... The philosophy stuff is cool and it's fun. I don't like arguing about it. I just kind of like talking about it and just kind of like playing in that spot, like Mm -hmm. mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, But then if people start like really laying their own hammer down about like the way that things are and stuff, then I'm okay to kind of like start throwing punches too a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. If they come at you aggressively, you can... I'm never going to start. Yeah. But I'm always like, I'm not going to back down. You know what I yeah. mean? In that regard. I'm not, <laughs> here I am talking about like, yeah, all those, all you Mormons. <laughs> I really want to get in an argument with you. No, I'm just like saying like sitting there and listening to someone say like, you know, Joseph Smith wasn't a polygamist. Brigham Young wasn't a polygamist. You know, John Taylor wasn't a polygamist. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the whole reason why, I mean, this is my own personal opinion and I don't know if this is accurate or not, but my thought is the whole reason why Utah became a state is because of the manifesto in 1890 yes. where they got rid of polygamy and everything else. It wasn't a divine intervention, in my opinion. Correct. It was a jockeying, politicking position right. that they had to take in order to become federally funded. Yes. Which, I mean, there's a gazillion like ex-Mormon podcasts that talk about this or papers or whatever. But like that is why a lot of changes happened in the church that made it different than what the way the way we grew up with. I mean, I wrote a paper on this. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, okay. so before you get going, you said you wrote a paper on this. Something that is really awesome and a huge perk about growing up in polygamy is that you have material for college papers like you would not believe. <laughs> Applications, oh, man. all that stuff. You just for you just everything. like sprinkle that like salt bay. Just bad. like is mm. it bad that like you totally Dude, use I'm gonna that? take full advantage of it every chance I get. Why wouldn't I? I guess you're right. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? I mean I'm not if you're someone who like currently practices yeah. and you are currently practices as if that's like some sort of lingo, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you practice polygamy and you are like sprinkling in that you have more than one wife or you have like 27 kids into like it. normal conversation, <laughs> it won't work. Yeah. But like someone like me or you who don't believe in it anymore, who don't practice it um, and are able to, I mean, you and I both know that 
we are secretly the most interesting people in the room. <laughs> <laughs> We're really special. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sound completely elitist, but like every time I've like brought up polygamy into a conversation with people in like a party situation or like a big get together or whatever, people start to flock around you and they like, oh, I have these it. questions. Oh my God, no way. You know, were you born in Utah? Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. You know I what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, I mean, they start asking question after question and it becomes like this big thing. And I'm not going to sit here and deny that I don't like that attention sometimes. Yeah. You know I mean, that's Do you feel a weird that thing. I totally feel that way. Except for that there's a part of me that always hated bringing it up too because really? then I felt like that's who I was. Like as soon oh. as like the, I wanted to be somebody cool outside of throwing in that fun fact that I grew up with. Oh, yeah. You know? So, I mean, you always had like you always had the ace in your pocket, but you wanted to play like a full hand. Pretty much, yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say I remember well, there was one class that I like I was missing a credit or something and I had to take this religion class philosophy of religion class to graduate and the class was full and I wasn't going to get in it and I asked the professor please let me in I like need this class he's like sorry the class is full and of course I go to his office and you know look up at him with these big eyes like but I grew up you're wearing you're wearing very modest clothing (laughs) (laughs) listen you tell a philosophy of religion instructor you grew up as a polygamist and you really need his class to help process what you you've been be, through. You'll be pulled. Pa-ching, for, pa-ching. Dude, yeah. Dude, <laughs> like, you're, you're in the money. Like, you're automatically yeah. being pulled for every example that he talks about in class. Okay. Did that happen? You know what? No, I think he actually hated me in his class because he was actually Catholic. and Oh, that's cool. I was... Um, atheist agnostic at this point it's really funny how you said atheist so fast just barely (laughs) it's almost as if like you're afraid of people who might be listening to this who might know who you are i don't i'm not afraid of people knowing that i'm atheist the reason that i like say it with a pause is because i feel like those definitions are so like person to person based like people don't look up the dictionary definition of what that means Mm -hmm. they just like associate it like and i don't really claim to know anything about what happens after this life so i guess agnostic is a better term okay yeah but anyway everyone in the class was religious and he was religious and i kept bringing up why i wasn't religious (laughs) like that so you used the polygamy example like pretty often you would say Eh. or like the the past like bringing up the past kind of like to get ahead or to just like insert something like i've like i've used it when I'm like super bored with the conversation. <laughs> By the way, I grew up as a well. I mean, I didn't like. I didn't. You know, I was. I tried to be as subtle as possible. Sometimes, I mean, starting this podcast and everything was something that was a little less subtle. Yeah, you know what I mean. Way less subtle. Definitely less subtle. <laughs> um, but like previously too, like I would definitely hesitate with it. And then if I get bored with someone and they're just telling me about how much they drink on the weekends and how they really look forward to the you know, Friday night and like those types of people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of like the, the nine to five mm-hmm. kind of boring jobs, you know, sitting there like, oh my God. I mean, yeah, you're interesting enough as a human being for sure. But then I don't really care what kind of truck you drive. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, uh, so where do you grow up? Right. And that would be something that I would ask them. Mm-hmm. And then they would obviously ask you, where did you grow up? And it's like, oh, well, 
<laughs> actually. Actually. <laughs> I, uh, I grew up in a place uh, in Montana, you know, and then I just like kind of be almost blasé about it, uh-huh. which is sometimes gets a little bit more of a visceral reaction from uh-huh. them. If I, if like the more. Uh, the more subtle you can be about, the more like, you're not telling me something. Yeah, that <laughs> or like the more blasé you be about it, the more impressed or not so much impressed, but like the more intense their reaction is to it. Interesting. Right. Because if you if you dance around it, if you're like, well, I just kind of go up in polygamy and polygamy really, and they're like, oh, and they have like this pity. <laughs> right. But if you're like, oh, yeah, I just grew up in polygamy. They're like, wait, what? what? You know what I mean? So I don't know. Maybe we are brainwashed because how many times did we get told we were special growing up? You are special. You are God's chosen people. And now that we've left, <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're still pretty special. <laughs> I mean, Got probably. 523 cousins. That's pretty cool. We'll nail down how many cousins my guest has Somebody at some point. should count that up. But like I said, it's it grows. It's growing still. So We should do a census. Like every five years. I think so. And I don't think it's been done since they counted up grandma deliveries. I think it was done at the same time as they counted up how many babies grandma delivered. And yeah, no, there's a lot of cousins, a lot of people. But yeah, we definitely got taught that we were special. And I don't know if that's a good... I mean, it's not bad to tell kids they're special, right? No, it's definitely not. (laughs) And But it does get bad when you start to reinforce it every single Sunday. Or try this. You're extra special because see that girl over there? You can date her and the one you're with right now. (laughs) That's how special you are. Oh my god. Dude, the dating thing. Oh, That's a very dark place. (laughs) It's a dark place. I kind of want to go there with you because I know some stories about you, but... Oh, okay. Let's go there. Let's do it. So, So for some context, dating in polygamy is a very unique thing to witness and experience <laughs> because like have as a guy as a dude having a wedding band is no deterrent for dating right right so in utah i know there's a culture of ring checking yeah right so if you're hanging out with a bunch of friends and you start to feel like some sort of attraction or some chemistry between somebody the first thing you do is you glance at their left hand right okay absolutely exactly so the same thing happens um in polygamy <laughs> but it's just kind of like it's not a like in Mormonism it's like a ring check is like okay that now they're out of bounds yeah sometimes in polygamy if you see a guy with and you're starting to get attracted to him and he has a wedding band on is almost like I'm in absolutely well yeah. he's in opposite effect kind of, but. <laughs> <laughs> so you've dated cousins uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this is so embarrassing yeah, I have, and it's so weird. So let me just start you, there. You you do any sort of justification you can. It will <laughs> never deter away from the fact that you've kissed your cousins before. So, okay, let's give us some context. Okay, so it starts out in like kindergarten. Mm-hmm. We all go to the same private school. Yep. Like I said, there's a bajillion of us of cousins, so you don't even know everyone. I mean, like I have love letters still from my first cousin with a polygamous twist from like polygamous second twist. third grade okay that means we're a first cousins twist. but we have different grandmas okay gotcha um and those were all the kids you know so like kids your kids you 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 develop crushes and when all the children that you also know are related to you 
it's like tough, right? Well, yeah, no, I think that's actually kind of important to kind of explain and hash out a little bit too, because like that happens everywhere. Yeah. Regardless if you grew up in polygamy or not, like you develop schoolyard crushes on people that you're attracted to, right? Yeah. And it happens everywhere. It happens on ev- in every elementary school and like that kind of stuff. And ours was no exception. Yeah. It's just that <laughs> we had only relatives oh my God. to kind of choose from. Uh. And, there was the only, and, and those were the only <laughs> ones that you were affiliated with, yeah. the people that you hung out with. Yeah. Like I had zero friends outside of Pinesdale until I went down Same. to Corvallis. Yeah. Mm-hmm for school like it was why would I why would I go somewhere else to have friends when I'm taken care of like all of the needs are met socially right Mm -hmm. it's done taken Mm -hmm. care of and like I'm not going to sit here and deny that I didn't have you know developed crushes on cousins either I just didn't take it a step further like you did (laughs) (laughs) okay let's I'm going to start I'm actually going to start with my my sixth grade cousin crush okay except for actually this cousin had a crush on me I was not very interested in this cousin (laughs) but and if he's listening to this or ever listens to this I think he'll be so embarrassed because he's also in a different place in his life right now but um, that's you know I'm one thing that I want to do is if you're listening to this and if you're that guy record yourself listening to this show (laughs) and then send it to me that would be hilarious okay so this cousin sends me lots of love notes i get notes on my desk you know super cute whatever this cousin likes me and we're going on the sixth grade field trip down to utah and my parents okay so before you go any further i don't (laughs) before you go any further i still don't know who this is okay you're gonna be i probably won't so this is a cool journey for me too i'm on i'm on this there we um, go. There's enough of them. You might not figure it out. I feel okay. like Indiana Jones right now. Um, So we're going on the sixth grade field trip. Okay. And my parents were chaperones. So they were going to drive. And I was, of course, going to drive with my parents. And then two other people had to volunteer. And, of course, this cousin, like, hand up in the air, like, I'm going with Ari. Okay. <laughs> so I'm in the back seat of my car. And my parents are driving. And this cousin is sitting right next to me we're driving down the road and he's like kind of trying to like you know oh, he's trying maybe to buddy a little up touchy, to you. touchy be a little buddy and all of a sudden I'm like I do not feel good <laughs> 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 I am sick I was like mom dad you gotta pull over I'm gonna be sick and of course like you never take kids seriously when they're like you're gonna be sick it's like oh just like roll down the window breathe some fresh air so they do they roll down the window and I'm like I'm gonna throw up so I so lean you're, so you're wait hold on I want to make sure that I get the seating okay. chart correct so your dad mom or dad is driving mom and dad is driving so your dad is driving mom's in the passenger seat mom, okay so where are you in proximity to this window that's open in the middle you're the middle oh my god <laughs> okay and this cousin that likes me is on the side of the window that's now rolled down <laughs> So I like crawl over him and lean out the window and just start puking my guts out. Okay, oh, I start throwing up. This is beautiful. And this is absolutely beautiful. Apparently, some of what I was sorry, anybody. I hope you're not eating right now. What I was throwing up <laughs> flies back into the car and gets in his mouth. <laughs> And he started throwing up. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just say, I think that the cousin Lovin ended that day in that situation. (laughs) I've never been more thankful for vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because first cousin was the polygamous twist is a little bit close. 
But of course, growing up, like that changed a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it went from a culture where like second cousins is like kind of close, but it's probably okay. Yeah. And now in the group, we're actually seeing a lot of it's, of uh, closer yeah. relations than that. And I am going to talk very lightheartedly about what it's like dating a cousin. But let's be real. There's a lot of genetic diseases that are coming up of children. Mm-hmm being born in the group it's very sad and we don't even know how many children aren't coming full term because of these genetic mutations or things going on I mean, we, we have no idea how many miscarriages well, are happening in the group right now at least i don't maybe somebody you could well i mean I, I i have no idea because i'm so far removed from it still i mean if i was still a part of the group then i would probably know a little at least a little bit of scuttlebutt but i'm not i'm not in it so i wouldn't know and then isn't it i mean the genetics part is something that do you do you have people that ask you about that what do you mean like okay so like you marry cousins and marry cousins isn't there like some sort of genetic stuff that happens like mm-hmm. that's def- so people have asked mm-hmm. you that question before yeah. okay that's what i wanted to to know yeah. so i've had that question asked to me too and i usually don't know how to answer that i mean because i've never really like seen it kind of like come to full fruition usually because the kids you know pass away yeah yeah but i mean we i mean let's just get into it i mean we've got like more cases of giant axonal neuropathy in the group like mm-hmm. what are there like 10 cases worldwide and we've got six of them five of them somebody's gonna come on here that knows more about that than i do but mm-hmm. like that's concerning yeah to say that it's not is not f- being fully honest in my opinion yeah but those are not things those are not things that were concerning you know when i was a little bit older dating my second cousin <laughs> not once did my dad say he's your cousin ari which he would totally now by the way and probably is super embarrassed that he didn't it was ari he's a jensen what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> like, hell no. Oh, no. dude, that's so funny. <laughs> and the reason, okay, so there's a lot of context that has been missing a lot, especially if you have no idea about how we grew up and everything. These are for the listeners. <laughs> so family names are huge, right? Your surname packs out a punch. Yeah, So definitely. to speak. Um, like my last name, if you Google it, you'll find a lot of stuff. If they Google your last name, they Nothing. probably wouldn't find hardly anything. I don't think they'll find anything. They'll My just... dad's dad was a convert to the yeah. group. So. so it's, it's, I mean, there's literally like authors that have written books about this yes. whole situation with this share my last name. So it's like um, the fact that I guffaw so much at the fact of what your dad said. It's like, he's a Jensen. Um <laughs> That. My dad's pretty lighthearted. If there are any Jensen's listening to this, <laughs> he probably doesn't actually hate you. Yeah, no, it's it's all good. All love. Hello. It's all love. That's what polygamy's about, right? Yeah. Big love. Oh man, but yeah, it's 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 fine. Anyway, that didn't last very long. Wasn't a big deal. I think he wanted to be a you know either date someone else while he was dating me or knew that I wasn't interested in being a polygamist. So it ended pretty quick until I dated his brother who I was not related to but then that, that got a little weird Wait, hold on. No, no you have to okay so brother not biological brother right half brother so brother from another mother brother from another mother but I was related to the cousin through his mother so the brother from another mother I was not related to 
blood. It just made for really. It was like a polygamous <laughs> twist, like family. A polyga twist. Yeah, polyga twist. There you go. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Uh, let me tell you though, the worst cousin story I have. Yeah. The worst cousin story is when I had come home from college. I I think I was listening to like a friend's band down at Cowboy Troy's. And of course, like I'm at Cowboy Troy's. I'm not gonna run into anybody. So that Cowboy I Troy's is a bar. Yeah. I'm not gonna run into anybody from Pinesdale yeah. at Cowboy Troy's. Yeah. So I'm at the bar and this like super handsome guy comes over and like let me tell you, he is so handsome. I'm still saying this today. He is <laughs> okay. handsome. Here here's something that I wanna make sure that everyone understands is that even though <laughs> I mean, I know where this story is going, but like, even though you are related to somebody, acknowledging that they are handsome or beautiful is totally fine, in my opinion. <laughs> like, people get super weird because they attach like the cousin loving, you know, marrying your cousin type of ideology to like, oh, you, you oh, you said your cousin's beautiful. What do you want to fuck him? Like, that's totally yeah. like the attachment that people automatically jump towards, and I don't think that's like the most fair let me say this cousin <laughs> i never seen him in my life before okay i've never seen him ever before and i'm at a bar i'm not gonna find a cousin at the bar okay yeah. and he's got tattoos yeah. and his ears are pierced and yep. he's handsome very nice looking okay so he buys me a drink and we're sitting at the bar and we're totally like flirting laying it on super thick it's so thick oh it's so thick and I'm like, you know, oh, like twirling my hair, you know, why are you in town for? Because oh he's from God. North Dakota. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm like in town for my sister's wedding. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. I'm in town for a wedding this weekend as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know at what point we realized we were going to the same wedding and that we're like, first cousin but <laughs> let me tell you the looks that we exchanged at the wedding the next day were really awkward like hey uh, hi i know what you were thinking and dude, i was thinking we're gonna pretend that that never happened that is a movie right there that is a movie that's incredible yeah but like i had never seen this person and he didn't like we didn't recognize each other and that's what's crazy like the cousin that i actually did date that i told you before yeah. about I remember the first time I saw him, it was at a conference. Yeah. And, you know, we spent, I mean, me and Annie and Whitney, who are the same age as me. Yeah. We would spend, like, months before conference figuring out, like, what we are going to wear for the conference picnic, what we were going to wear to the uh. dance, and, like, planning our outfits. <laughs> okay. So we're at this picnic, and I see this guy over there, and I'm like, the who shindig. is the shindig? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, who is yellow shirt guy? <laughs> yellow shirt guy. Who's yellow shirt guy? And, you know. Whitney, of course, was like, that's my cousin, which she's related to him in a different way. Anyway, she's like, that's my cousin. I want to get her on, too, by the oh, way. she would be great. She has amazing stories. Her childhood was crazy. Yeah, she's anyway, great. But um, she's like, that's Yellow Shirt Guy. And so I knew him as Yellow Shirt Guy for two years. And I liked him for two years as Yellow Shirt Guy. I don't know who this kid is. And then... You know, we get a little older. We're at some parties together. Party, I say party lightly. It's like board game night together oh, and um and i'm like oh he's really cute and like you just ignore the part of your brain that's like are you guys related <laughs> you related? ignore it but you just like that i don't know so i don't know who this person is and so like you can develop feelings long before you have any sort of familial connection to somebody yeah yeah for sure yeah 
<laughs> so weird. <laughs> very, very hard to talk about. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that you're able to like laugh about it and be able to look back on that. Uh, yeah, go, go, get out of okay. here. I can talk to to people for a little while. Or just yeah. No worries. Um, twist the handle all the way to the right. Is it this one right here? Yeah. So, um, my guest had to go use the restroom really quick. Uh, but like I mentioned earlier, like she is one of my best friends. Um, we grew up together. We grew up about, we grew up about a quarter of a mile apart. The only thing that really separated us was a barn. (laughs) Um, she's extremely funny and awesome. And, uh, she was one of the top, she, like her name was on the top of the list. Um, as far as like the people that I wanted to have on this because uh, she really made sure to, she, I don't know how to say it. She really does a good job of making me feel comfortable enough to talk about this stuff without getting weirded out or whatever. She's a very comfortable person to sit and chat with, as you probably have noticed through our conversation. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, she's a class act absolute class act and I know I mean if you're listening to this and there's a lot of context that you're like missing um, then I'm sorry hopefully that gets hashed out throughout the course of the podcast and everything but um, I could probably have an entire podcast dedicated to Pines Academy stories and Pines Academy was the the school where we went uh, as little kids grades you know preschool all the way through sixth grade and it was owned and operated by the church and and all that stuff my dad was a teacher there my grandpa was the principal my aunt was the assistant principal it was just basically like so much attachment attached to that place or so many memories attached to that place rather but welcome back (laughs) thank you you can't just like cut that out no why would i just keep rolling yeah no dude it's full (laughs) raw and uncut yeah. <laughs> what I miss? No, I just was singing your praises and then talking about Pines Academy. Oh, you're so nice. Yeah, I try to be. <sighs> yeah, no more cousin love. <laughs> you never really did that. No. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't. No, I. Like I, I said, like I to say that I didn't develop those types of crushes would be a lie, right? Because I don't think that would be. I mean, it's just it just happens, right? Yeah. You know, it's just like you know, part of your development is, you know, developing crushes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, a, I'm no psychologist, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I never, never went full, full bore. Yeah. Never went into it. Good for you. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that makes me a better or worse person. I think, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like kind of weird when you like run into your aunt, you know, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry Hi. for dating your son. Hi, that happened sorry. to me once, okay? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I apologized to his mom. <laughs> you felt, okay, so you felt so guilty about your relationship with him that you had to apologize? Yeah, but not because we were cousins. <laughs> <laughs> you apologized out of just sheer awkwardness then? No, it was just like out of just our relationship was just like a little weird. It was just weird because gotcha. of him wanting 
with religion things and me not being religious. Got I don't it. know. It seems like at that point in time, and you always think that people are saying things about you, and mm-hmm. I don't know if they really were, but like after that happened, I kind of got like a bad reputation. I remember in, that in the group for being like a bad kid. Yeah. Um, which is awesome, actually. I'd way rather have that reputation than the other one, so um, yeah. I'm okay with it. But like, like we said before, like lots of people who leave get that reputation of like, if you leave the group, you be, you start doing drugs. Which like, I mean, let me. I mushrooms totally got me out of my funk with really. <laughs> I'm I, so curious. I'm not, I'm not a druggie by any means, but, you've, but like you've, you've tried it. Though. Yeah, like yeah. I used to be really angry about the way I grew up, yeah. and then I did mushrooms and. Kind of just set you right then. Totally. Yeah. Click so, in the place. Anyway, drugs, if you use that word liberally. But like we get a lot of, we got a lot of talk growing up that, you know, if you leave the group, you're going to become addicted to drugs and your life is just going to go to shit real fast. Which, by the way, sometimes happens. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I think I kind of got like tagged with that, but which is crazy because I was going to school. I mean, I was working at a, in a laboratory. Like, I was doing research. I was publishing papers. But that didn't matter. The rumors that went around were Ari's partying at school. Did I drink as a freshman, and you know, first and second year in college? Absolutely. But, well, yeah. like, was I kid? Yeah, like, that, that's dumb. Like, nobody wants like, to listen to that. Everybody knows yeah. freshman drink in college, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. But it was a big deal. And, like there were definitely some things that came back to me about, you know, I had one of our cousins that we share through different sides of the family. I remember when she called me and was like, I'm worried about you because I was at a party last night and they were talking about how you've like gone off the deep end and you're partying a lot and sleeping around. And I was like, yeah, I drink and like, I do have sex with my boyfriend, but he's the only one (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm not sleeping around (laughs) yeah sleeping around sleeping around is definitely a little more loosey-goosey yeah anyway (laughs) crazy times yeah have you hit all have have you hit all the the notes that you wanted to talk about man you know i have i have some things on the list um just weird things that okay so this list uh (laughs) we we chatted before we started uh, recording, and I asked my guest to write down the things that she would most want to talk about in regards to, and this is the first time that we've recorded together, yeah. so you're more than likely going to be a recurring guest, so you're just going to have to deal with that if, okay. if if you're okay with that. Yeah, I guess some things that I think are interesting is just like in the way that we grew up, because we're different than like, um, you know, like some fundamentalist groups that Maybe we had a little more access to mainstream media and stuff like that, but definitely um, like a soft cult. A soft cult. I like not that. a hard cult, but mm-hmm. a soft. I cult. I like that soft cult. But that being said, I didn't. Um, I missed '90s music. I figured that out once I. You miss it, as I in like missed it. I didn't know about it. Oh, you didn't know about it. Oh, so, oh, so you don't like fondly remember? No, 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 okay, no. no. Gotcha. Like I. I'm getting even to college, which is crazy that I made it through high school mm-hmm. and like people didn't care about 90s music. Maybe it was too close to the 90s. I mean, maybe. People. But I remember getting to college and my roommates loved like Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. And I was <laughs> like, I truly have never heard this song before. <laughs> and they were like, What? <laughs> Would you grow up under a rock? And you're like, oh, Maybe. 
kind of rock. I mean, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit of a rock, but um, yeah, that that is definitely a weird thing like going out into the world and you don't even realize how weird your childhood is until, until you, you leave until you leave yeah yeah and then you're gone and you don't think about it I never think about the stuff anymore there was a time where I knew all of the facts I could tell you exactly why I don't believe in polygamy why I don't believe in the LDS church why I don't and it's been like so many years now that I'm like I don't talk about it but just so you know, I, I'm not there for it, you know? I don't talk about it except on a podcast. Except for on a podcast. <laughs> but, like, you're going to have people who are going to be able to tell you these things because they're yeah. actively, they're involved in it. And part of the reason that I am not is because I'm not around it. Like, you know, my husband isn't and, like, my friends aren't. And so, it's like, why would yeah. I be challenged to where I feel like I have to have all these facts backing up to Do defend myself? Do you feel myself? it's just like uh, you, I don't know how to put this. So you, you don't have a proximity to it anymore? Right. Not really, yeah. I mean, and I do have, I have some friends that are LDS and my in-laws are LDS. And, and then, you know, I've got lots of family that's still religious. But as far as people that I interact with on a really deep level regularly, it just doesn't come up. So do you think it's like the whole philosophy of like, if you don't use it, you lose it? Or is it like you making the mental decision, whether it's under the influence of psilocybin or not, <laughs> letting go? of all that stuff um oh probably a little bit of both okay. because definitely there's a lot of facts like if you want to be a good arguer are you were with somebody who is trying to prove their point of why you should join the church or why you should be a polygamist yeah. like you want those facts you want those hard evidence dates and numbers and it's, scientific it's the missionary data. thing right like if you're trying to be a good missionary you have to have your ducks in a row yeah in order to, like if somebody tries to come and combat you right with like well hold on what do you mean about this specific yeah. thing that you believe in and then you have to be a good missionary at least this is what i've heard where you have to be like here's this scripture here's this scripture here's this conference talk and here's this as the reasons why i believe this way mm -hmm. and being able to be you know solid in your own foundation mm -hmm. when people start to question your exactly beliefs. yeah so that definitely exists but anymore i just I don't think about it, but it's surprising to come back home. I mean, my so my dad's dad, he is awesome. Yeah. I love your yeah, your I love so my great. grandpa. He's awesome. Um, and he is a polygamist. He had three wives. Um, and at one point, I should say, and I was down helping him like weed his garden a few summers ago, yeah. and I was in shorts and a t-shirt, and we're sitting there weeding the garden, and he lives kind of on a road where like other people in the community drive by his house to like enter and exit the community, yeah. and um, this car drives by, and I don't even pay attention, and all of a sudden my grandpa stands up, and he goes, you know what, Ari? I'm like, what, Grandpa? Like, <laughs> <laughs> dirt, sweaty, ponytail. He's like, I don't care what people think about you and your short shorts. I'm just glad you're out here weeding the garden with me. Aww. And I was like, oh, Grandpa. But, like, I hadn't even thought about my shorts. Like, that, it was summer. I'm in the garden. Like, I didn't even think about wearing shorts. But that was something that my Grandpa was over there processing. For probably, for like, while. at least a half an hour or something, yeah, right? Yeah, until he stood up and proclaimed <laughs> you know but he is he had to yeah. make it known yeah my grandpa's awesome but like there's a lot of growth that's happened for sure like we've said with a lot of our family members a lot of the people that you're going to talk about on here a lot of the dark stories mm -hmm. 
those are maybe good people now who have come out of it. You know, the path of redemption is something that we always grew up talking about. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you want to, if you really want to get into the religiosity of it too, like, I mean, you talk about Christ and all that stuff. And I, I, I like, I'm in the same position you are. It's like, I'm so far removed from it. Like I live in Spokane now. Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, I haven't sat and chatted with somebody about this in a long, long time. Yeah. You know? And so I'm not claiming to know or be any sort of expert in, in regards to fundamentalist Mormon theology, Mm -hmm. but the path of redemption is something that is like, as far as like Judeo Christians go, it's pretty set, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, God or Jesus or both sent Jesus down and he died on the cross for all of our sins. Right. Mm -hmm. So the path of redemption is through Christ, all that stuff. Um, that's a real truncated version. (laughs) Good work. you. Um, yeah. And, so if you really want to be able to talk about someone like your grandpa who is a polygamist right Mm -hmm. and is a awesome dude Mm -hmm. even though you don't agree with like you know the details he's still a good person Mm -hmm. and like what you said earlier about like there are people that have done really crappy things or really shitty things that have now rounded that turn and been Mm -hmm. and looked at their past with an objective lens and being Mm -hmm. you know done what they can to rectify those actions Mm -hmm. and stuff that happens as well and i think that's something that people don't really lend a lot of credence to yeah no people kind of like you're a polygamist or you're a mormon or you're a catholic you're a jew you're you know muslim or whatever then that means you are this and there's so much more nuance that's like incorporated in how we live our lives as opposed to what we hear about what other people believe. You know what I mean? Well, I guess that's one of the reasons that I actually have a hard time understanding from my perspective how somebody could leave the religion that we grew up in and join another religion or join the LDS church. Yeah. Is because, and and there's a lot of people that have done that and Mm -hmm. that I think have found some comfort in that. So I'm not saying that's the wrong thing for them, but it is hard for me to understand because you have to you have to buy into a different line of bs basically like you ignored this line you said that wasn't right that was fake i'm not going to believe in that anymore but i'll take this set yeah and that's okay i mean i read something not too long ago that said isn't it interesting that i used to think taking the lord's name in vain was saying oh my god when really taking the lord's name in vain is doing evil things in the name of the Lord, basically, yeah. you know, and we grew up with that. God wants you to get another wife. God wants you to be with this person, you know, like God wants you to flirt with your cousin in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe God I'll, I'll give you shit that. about that until <laughs> we both die. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to understand something that like, like you said before, you're not going to go out of your way to try to deconvert people, but it's something that I am very passionate about because of like the way... Like deconverting? Yeah, like you're not going to go up to a Mormon on the street and be like, by the way, did you know that Joseph Smith did this and this and this, and you yeah. should probably not believe in what you believe in because your church is based on what I think is fake. Like, that's not that's yeah. not something that I'm interested in doing, but I am very passionate about my beliefs if confronted. Gotcha. Yeah. So you're not going to, like what we said earlier, you're not going to go out of your way to try and like force your ideology onto somebody. 
But if they start like coming at you with stuff, then you're going to be able to be like, hey, whoa. Yeah, definitely. But that's my personality. And I think that there's a place for other personalities. Like, because I don't have any siblings or close friends. Sure. Really, who are considering that lifestyle. If I did, I might have a different tune. You know, my siblings, they're not going to be trying to be polygamous. My dad, on the other hand, I mean, like, I remember sitting with with one of my aunts not very long ago right after her husband got his second wife and she was crying just crying crying bawling her eyes out and and it was so hard for her and she you know one thing she said is she's like well I guess the good thing is is that you know he appreciates me more now because he doesn't get along with the second wife oh my god and that was the silver lining and I was just like oh this is so bad but like I said I'm disconnected. My dad. Yeah, he's still isn't. there. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. he is more passionate about trying to make people listen to him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to sitting down with him. Yeah, no, he's might happen tonight. Is he busy? I don't know. I'll have to ask him. He's golfing. <laughs> he's de-stressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, sometimes I think about your dad going golfing, and I because I know a lot of that about your dad. And I imagine him like, you know how some people kind of like mutter and argue with themselves? <laughs> I imagine your dad doing that about polygamy while he's golfing. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he does. He's I'm like sure. at the tee box. He's like, multiple wives. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. No, my, but that's true of all of us. Like we grew up as much as like brainwashing this religion is, there was always a really open dialogue which is surprising to me, like, as I've been um, with, with friends or boyfriends or family who mm-hmm. is LDS, sure. there's n- not a lot of discussion about doctrine and deep doctrine especially. Yeah. And in our family, it was like Sunday dinner, you get home and it's like dissecting the doctrine and covenants and exactly what you believe and why you believe it. I mean, that happened after church. Yeah. Gosh, I remember like... <laughs> After church talks were the best. I remember when Cody first started Sister Wives and came up to Montana for church. And my dad's out there and they're all talking. He's like, Cody, you son of a bitch. (laughs) 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 But like my dad grew up with, you know, Christine and stuff and cared about like what that publicity was gonna do to the family. But I mean, I didn't I didn't really care for them. I kinda I hope I had a hard time with them <laughs> because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Christine wants I'm sorry, I'm gonna blimp it out, please, if you okay. need to. Okay. Yeah, um no they uh we were at like a dance. I was at a dance with my dad and she came up yeah. and was in tears and she was like, Derek why aren't you getting another wife? And, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, She said this? She said it to my dad in front of me, like devastated that my dad wasn't getting another wife and that he wasn't actively pursuing that because she felt like Derek's a good guy. Like he should be doing that, you know? And I remember just fuming and I've had bad feelings toward them ever since. Oh no. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But like as a little kid and somebody comes up to you and is like, by the way, your mom's not enough. You should be getting another one. Like, that's yeah. hurtful. Yeah, why would... That's ridiculous. And that was at a point in my life where I was, like, on the edge. Like, I don't think I believe in this, so... You're one foot out the door, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we... we 
now that I think about it, we both went through that, I think, at the exact same time. Yeah, we talked about it a lot yeah. as kids, yeah. for sure. I mean, in high school. I definitely. remember just sitting down with you and just being, like, distraught. Yeah. And, like, really... And I didn't know how to articulate my feelings as well as I do now. <laughs> but it was definitely something that I was struggling with, for sure. Mm-hmm. And having you there was really, really beneficial for me. Well, thanks. Yeah. Didn't you didn't you consider joining the church? Oh, yeah. No, I was going to church, like, religiously <laughs> <laughs> um, for, yeah, the better part of three years. Really? Yeah. Where did that flip? Like, <laughs> um, so it flipped because of a girl. Um, We've got to get into that. Yeah. Uh, so after I left the polygamy part, right? So I was like, I'm done with this. I'm not going to be a part of this. I hadn't been going to priesthood meeting or church for, shoot, two years, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and this is something that I've always wanted to say too. How amazing the first, like I remember vividly the very first Sunday where I didn't go to priesthood meeting. Really? Oh my God. Was it beautiful? Oh, it was amazing. It was incredible for me <laughs> because I'd been going every Sunday and like my dad was, you know, elders quorum president, I believe. Um, I don't know exactly, but like I remember he would come and get me up every Sunday morning and priesthood meeting was at like 2 a.m. <laughs> for all intents and purposes, basically. <laughs> it was so early in the morning, especially when you're like a 12-year-old kid yeah. who, like during the summer, when you're like going up and going hiking with your friends and catching frogs in the pond all day, every day, mm-hmm. and then you have to like wake up super early. Dude, mm-hmm. you've been sleeping in for the last six days. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go get up and be religious. Dude, get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> and right. so my dad would come in every morning or every Sunday and wake me up. And he would talk to me while we were walking up to the school uh, to go to meeting and he would be saying like next week is the time that you get yourself up next week and it would be like that every week and I would sit there and feel so guilty about myself and I don't blame my dad at all for that I mean I mean he was going through his own thing as well but like we went and went and went and I got you know ordained and all this stuff um, and I was like feel I would hate getting up and going but then when I went I was like yeah I need to be here you know I felt that obligation mm-hmm. but I hated it at the same time like I was like yeah I need to be here but oh, I don't want to be here there yeah. was a difference right Interesting. and so then after my dad like had a few slip-ups of not going I started to feel like dad no 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 come on get your act together like I felt like that mm-hmm. towards him but I never really articulated that to him I don't think um, at least not that I remember and then after a while like he slipped up and when he didn't go I would get up and then like just go mm-hmm. so I felt that obligation because like yeah dad's gonna be late whatever you know and I would just go but then the very first time that I was not going and my dad wasn't going at the same time okay so like I woke up at the time that my dad usually got me up to get ready and there's the house was quiet it was he wasn't getting up and getting ready the lights weren't on it was just dead dead silent yeah i think it was like fall time from what i remember right around this time of year and um and he like i got up and i went into his room and he was sleeping next to my mom 
just sound asleep. And my dad's a snorer. So he was just kind of like sawing logs and everything. <laughs> and I was like, dad's not getting up. I'm not going to get up. No way. And I went back into my room and I shut my door and I got back onto my bed and I pulled the blanket up and I just zonked out. And I've never slept that good. Oh, like, it good was, for you. It was so good. I was like, oh, I don't have to go. This is incredible. I loved it. And then I never looked back. I never went again. So that makes me think about something I've actually been thinking about a lot lately. Sure. Is wondering, did we just get lucky? Like, is there something innate in you and I that said, you know what, we're not cut out for this. I don't believe in polygamy. Like, am I a strong individual that I thought that myself? Or is it just the fact that we had the perfect environment to think that? And I think there's some of both. Like, I remember being actually quite young in Sunday school and fighting with with my Sunday school teacher like really? I remember him being like if you're not Mormon you're not going to heaven and like I'm little like raise my hand like well Moses wasn't Mormon like <laughs> <laughs> you would be that kid too like excuse me <laughs> yeah I could totally see you doing that but well, did we just get lucky you know and I think it was a lot of input like I loved Harry Potter as a kid like I'm the biggest nerd I still listen to Harry Potter on my drives up to Montana sometimes (laughs) but when Uncle Shem got up in conference that day and said that's a that's a great story um yeah so (laughs) (laughs) so context uh a council member Mm -hmm. gets up in conference and conference if you're Mormon you know what conference is if you're not Mormon and have Mormon friends you probably know what conference is if you live in Utah you know what July 24th means (laughs) (laughs) Uh, pioneer day right so we have the same type of thing in the polygamist group that we grew up in and we just called it conference and it's basically like everyone shows up to Montana and there's one in Montana every year and there's one in Utah every year because those are the two main hubs of, Mm -hmm. of the group and the summer one is in Montana, right? Mm-hmm. And then the fall one is mm-hmm. in, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's in Utah. And so everyone's in Montana. And the, the, oh, it's such an exciting time. Do you that remember that? So that was what I was saying. We'd plan our outfits weeks <laughs> in advance. I'm telling you. <laughs> Spend months trying to figure out the perfect outfit. That's awesome. It's because it's husband hunting. It's husband hunting. Well, I mean, for, for us dudes, it was like, all right, which ones are going to hunt us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm totally kidding. No. Um, but... Anyway, so he got up, this council member, very, very respected, very, um, I don't, I, I never knew him personally. I never, re- I mean, I probably shook his hand a bunch, but I never really yeah, got to know him because I was too young, right? Before right. he passed away. So um, he got up and I don't remember the word for word talk, but what it boiled down to was him saying over the pulpit, if you read Harry Potter or watch Lord of the Rings or watch Shriek, but what he meant was Shrek. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> then Not you are Shrek. going against God commandments. Yeah. Right? You are going against the commandments of God, and therefore you are sinning, right? Meanwhile, I'm like a little fifth grader with like my Harry Potter wrapped in a work in the glory book and sacrament meeting. Like, look up. <laughs> what? <laughs> you have like a Sharpie scar on your forehead. Um, yeah, so he got up and basically gave divine prophecy that yeah. we shouldn't be reading J.K. Rowling or watching any works by Peter Jackson. <laughs> and so what what I did after I heard that, and that was the talk, like every conference has like 
the thing that people talk about. The yeah, main one thing year it was like pierced ears. One year it was short hair. Yep. Like yep. yeah. So there's always things. kind of like a thing that people take away that everyone talks about for weeks after mm-hmm. the conference, right? You know, the dinner time Sunday dinner talks mm-hmm. revolved around that a lot, right? Yeah. Um, and so that year it was Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and Shrek. And so what I decided to do is on our answering machine because this was in the days of landlines is uh our answering machine was like hey you've reached the you know kelly and jake you know please leave a message blah blah, blah. um i changed it to hey or oh, i can't remember exactly what i said it was something to the effect of like hi you re- you've reached one of the many jessup residences sorry we couldn't get to the phone right now we're either reading harry potter or watch lord of the rings leave a message <laughs> And <laughs> that was iconic, which is so bizarre. Looking back, I was like, you thought that was funny that somebody said that they were reading Harry Potter, but holy Dude, shit. it had... That was like the the epitome of rebellion. I know, and I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I truly am. I, I mean, because that was under my own volition. That was something that I thought was funny, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, man, people are going to react to this, you know? And I think that really set the tone for a lot of how I went about my life from then on. Mm-hmm. It really did because, like, we had people calling from Utah. My mom would answer and they would say, no, 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 hang up. We want to hear your answering machine. <laughs> like, people that my mom hadn't talked to in decades. Yeah. And she gets a call from, like, this long-lost friend you know, one of her bridesmaids at her wedding who she doesn't talk to anymore, right? Or something yeah. like that. And they would say, no, no, we don't want to talk to you. We want to hear your answering machine. And then my mom would be like, okay. And then like hang up. They would call. She wouldn't answer. They would listen to it. Wouldn't leave a message. And then my mom would call back and be like, you know, want to visit and talk. And they're like, uh, yeah, I'm kind of busy right now. Sorry. Right? So we had people calling all the time. And I had, <laughs> okay, so our music teacher. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> growing up in Pines Academy. After that happened, that next school year, she came up to me. And by the way, that was in July. Mm-hmm. And she came up to me. This is September. So there's a few months past. She came up to me and did the whole like pull you by the ear thing. Right. And she yanked me in close and she like really brought my ear into her face and she had really stale lentil breath. Right. <laughs> and she would say and she and she like would rip me close basically like tearing my ear off and she's like that's the most disrespectful thing i've ever heard about like, you should feel ashamed of yourself and like just took me to task I about it. it i know who you're talking about and i hear it <laughs> you know what i mean Scary, and yeah. it was it was one of those things where i felt bad oh yeah because it's an authority figure totally like ripping you apart yeah and then i went to my dad right and i was like hey she just said this and blah 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 and he was like oh that was like a few months ago and eh, don't worry about it she'll get over it right that's cool that your dad was like so chill about it yeah my dad's awesome yeah but but yeah that was one of those things where i (laughs) i don't feel bad about it and i've done things similar to that in the past specifically revolving around living in utah with family and going for a run with short shorts and no shirt on Mm. around the town and i know that town (laughs) (laughs) and uh Okay, so that story was I was living down in Utah with family, working for my uncle, and I was training for college because I was a collegiate distance runner, and um, I went for a run, normal training run after work, and it was hot, middle of the summer in Utah, and it was just baking hot, right? So I'm not going to wear a shirt. Are you kidding me? Especially after going for one full year of college beforehand? Dude, I'm 
dude, wings are spread. I'm flying, right? And so I'm just running around the town, and we go past this cabinet shop, and there's this guy that came out, and uh, <laughs> he was like, hey, hey! And I was like, and I stopped, and I was like, what's going on? I'm like, hey, who are you? I was like, what? <laughs> You know, I was like, when I'm, somebody stops you and you're running and asks who you are, you keep running, Chris. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm also in a town that I'm very familiar with. <laughs> That's true. You, you know, know everybody. and yeah. I am related to everyone there. So I'm just kind of like, what? I don't understand what's going on. And I was like, what? He's like, hey, who's your dad? <laughs> and then so I was like, Lemoyne. <laughs> and I ran away. <laughs> For anybody that doesn't know. Uh, yeah, Lemoyne was the prophet at the time. Um, so I told this cabinet shop worker that my dad was the prophet and that matched with that being matched with my attire at the time. I was wearing American flag short shorts that had a one inch inseam with no shirt on. Uh. <laughs> America. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, I've done stuff like that before a ton yeah. of, and I, I don't really care what people Truly, I mean, does people in the group think about me? If people, if I get flack for doing this, like sitting down with people and talking about polygamy and everything, if I get flack for it, I'm not going to care. Like, I, I, and you, I think you will. Well, I'm not going to care to the point where I'm like, man, I should really reconsider everything. No, 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 no. I don't like, mean like you're going to care. I mean, people will give you flack for this. Like, oh, you, okay. It, it's sacrilegious to be talking about the way we grew up like we did. I mean, which is one of the reasons that there were so many problems I mean like my grandmother she got sick you know my she got sick when she became a polygamist and started having children there was so much stress that her body just like couldn't handle it couldn't handle it and I think that's actually quite common oh, you're for not sure. supposed to talk about it you don't Why get would a, you? you don't get to talk bad about your husband you get to have a perfect life not that you should talk bad about your husband but people need to talk just about vent feelings. about anything, yeah. really. And you don't get to in in this culture. You have to have a perfect life, and you have to be happy, and you get to stand up on first Sundays and say, I'm so thankful for my sister wife and all of our children and our family, and I'm just so grateful for the principle. How many times did we hear that? Dude, every time they said that, I only ever thought about my grandpa. What do you mean? When they are so thankful for the principal. Mm-hmm. Oh, your brother <laughs> Chris's grandpa was the principal of our school, which I just like. I loved your grandpa. He was so awesome. Yeah. He was so cool, man. He was. I mean, he he only recently passed, and he, like, the same kind of thing that happened with your grandpa too. Like seeing someone who you looked up to so much, mm-hmm. right? And how influential he truly, truly was, mm-hmm. like. I know you weren't there at the service mm-hmm. we had for him just because of COVID and everything, what happened. Um, but basically, I, when I got up and spoke, I talked about, like, how, like, my grandpa, along with, like, he was one of the three cornerstones of Pinesdale. Mm-hmm. There's three true cornerstones. If you remove one of those cornerstones, Pinesdale isn't what it is anymore. Correct. And the, yeah, that's totally true. And the first corner is Danny's corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're funny. <laughs> so... Uh, so, okay, that's a joke, but like the main two, in my opinion, are grandma and grandpa. You take either of those two out and Pinesdale's not Pinesdale anymore. Yeah. that's Like grandma obviously is one of the most influential people in Pinesdale because she literally helped deliver the population, Mm -hmm. you know, over what is it? 1200 kids now. 
It's over a thousand. It was over a thousand. Like yeah. a long time ago, it was I over don't a know thousand. if it was t- if she made it. I don't know how far over a thousand she made it, but yeah, we had that party for. I remember. With I remember her, the like, party. Thousand I remember babies. sitting there and feeling so left out because I wasn't delivered by her. Yeah, neither was I. Born <laughs> in Utah. <laughs> yeah, so. I remember sitting down. They had that. Bi- they had those three binders mm-hmm. with all the baby pictures of all the kids that she's delivered, and everyone was, of course, like looking for their own. They're like, "Oh, there's me," you know. And it went by birthdays, mm. and so they go to my birthday, you know, in 1993, and I'm not in there. And people were like, "What? They must have missed it." Like, did your parents not like take a baby picture or something? I was like, "No, I was born in Utah, West Jordan. My doctor's name was Doctor Barney." <laughs> <laughs> like. By the way, Dr. Barney, if you're here, thanks. Um, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, but yeah, so if you t- remove her, yeah. it's completely not what it is anymore. And yeah. then you have my grandpa who is principal for what, 47 years or something like that? Long time. Like every kid in Pinesdale had at least a threat of a paddling at some point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or at least the idea of a, of a paddling from grandpa. I mean, not me. I was no, a shut pretty up. good kid. Whatever. <laughs> You were you were conspiring against the authority in the yeah, bathroom. But I loved your grandpa. Like he was a math guy, right? Yeah. And I was actually pretty good at math. Like your grandpa is one of the reasons that I wanted to go to college. Like I remember asking your brother T teachers, but how did you get to be so smart? <laughs> you know? Well, I went to college and I was like, Hey, I'm I'm going to college and like your grandpa, you know, a woman's role in this group is not to go no. continue your education. But no, you're your supposed to be subservient to your husband. Was always yeah. really supportive of of me doing that. That's and so cool. Yeah, so I like. He's a good person. Yeah, and he he was so fucking cool, man. <laughs> like, and I I loved him to death, and especially like towards the end of of his life. I mean, I was living in the same house he was. Yeah, you know, and I would see him every day. And that was the first time in my life that I saw my grandpa every day. I mean, I saw him like every day, like, you know, going to school and stuff Mm -hmm. and everything. And like he taught history and he was my math teacher for a little while and blah, blah, blah. And like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like grandson to grandfather. Yeah. That connection. I always felt that I was kind of just another student of his for a long time, but also had just one small step above just student. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I was a biological grandkid. Mm -hmm. But towards the end dude i don't need i mean you might know this but like he was so funny oh yeah he was funny he was just <laughs> he would rip off just the most classic one-liners and he really really appreciated having a giggle like he he <laughs> loved it i remember one time we were sitting down and we were just in the living room um at my grandpa's house and we just sat down and we were i mean it was me and my dad and my little brother and we were just watching football and he was over at his other wife's house, but his nightly routine was to come to every one of his wife's houses mm-hmm. and say goodnight and have mm-hmm. family prayer and then go spend the night with whatever wife was on the schedule that night. Mm-hmm. And so he came by and even though my grandmother had already passed, you know, a few years gone, he still did that. Yeah. Right. He was a man of duty for sure. And we were sitting there and he's like, Hey, like I want to have family prayer. And so we like pause the game, have family prayer with him and all that stuff. And he just kind of like looked around. He's like, so, uh, I'm going to get going. Uh, too many ugly people here. <laughs> and he would just like giggle his way out the door. And he was so funny. It was so awesome. I mean, you might, I mean. Having I, his little chuckle. I yeah. Love and it. it's really hard to give it, you know, con- it's one of those like you had to be there type of moments uh-huh. too. But like for me, that was extremely special because I was like, grandpa's just like this. He's just one of the guys, you know, he's, he's able to like 
poke you a little bit, give you a little razzmatazz, and then boost. Like, he was awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, he was so great. Yeah. He actually came up to my wedding. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, that's he great. walked up just to say hi. He didn't, like, sit through the ceremony because it was just a few months. Yeah. Before. When did you get married? July, June 22nd. Okay, so that was... It was like six months before he died. No, it was a little bit longer than six months because yeah. he passed away in March. Yeah, okay, so it was a while. But or yeah, April. He was, it was still kind of hard for him to get around, so it meant a lot, yeah. and I was able to introduce Travis to him. And That's so great. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. That's awesome. So we come from a lot of interesting and good people. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think about my grandma, my great-grandmother, who I thought about a lot, not just because she... I loved her so much. She died when I was in like fifth grade, but she actually joined the group because of a desire to have a home birth or a natural birth, like in a time when there was, it was just Medicaid, like totally medicated and maybe not in the best way. I mean, they didn't really have epidurals necessarily. They shot you up with like like morphine and cocaine. It wasn't good, whatever (laughs) it was. And she was like looking for an alternative and the only doctor that she could find in the Salt Lake area was Rulin Allred. Yeah. And so I was, like, doing this search as I was, like, getting ready to have a baby. And probably because of the way I grew up, like, with my mom having all of her babies at home and Mm -hmm. my grandmother and great-grandmother, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this naturally. I decided to have my baby at the hospital. But, like, I was reading books that my – that I later found out, like, were the same books that my great-grandmother had read. But those were the books that led her to polygamy. Whoa. Like – I was falling right down the same path. <laughs> so you can talk to your husband and be like, hey, listen, we need to get another one. <laughs> we, yeah, he wouldn't be able to handle that. I'm crazy enough. He'd, <laughs> he'd be very stressed out if yeah. he had to have two of me around. Yeah. How does your husband feel about like how you grew up? Um, I think it's interesting to him and maybe a little bit overwhelming. I mean, like the first time I brought him home was over Thanksgiving and he's like, are there more uncles? Like, cause you know. So how many, okay. So before you go on, I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah. uh, so how many brothers does your mom have? 10. She has 10 full the biological brothers. Brothers. Yes. And she's the only daughter. And she's the only daughter. Yeah. And then. And then there's all the rest. And then the other 68. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever it is. Yeah. Then there's all the rest of them. And so like Travis had to meet a bunch of them. And like, you know how it is up at my house. Like there's like, it's just a rotating door. People in and out and in and out. I love going to your house. Yeah. It's a good time. But like, how do you keep track of that as an outsider? And especially as a romantic partner for someone who is in this family. Oh yeah. Because you want to be able to impress. Also make sure that you're doing your due diligence with like your mom and dad, right? And remembering names. Remembering names. Are you kidding me? Dude, no way. can't. But that's actually something that I'm super excited about this podcast for is that I have found it. I don't necessarily say that I've like given up, but it's, it's really hard to talk about our childhood. Not, not necessarily because it's always painful or uncomfortable but because it's complicated yeah and there's a lot of perspectives and a lot of stories and so much history and you might not get it just right yeah but i'm really excited for these podcasts because i think it's gonna give like my husband will listen to it and it'll be like oh like that's why you're this way i mean like he's figured out some <laughs> that's what's things, wrong with but, you like, <laughs> he's always making fun of me for like being really frugal or like a saver um, <laughs> with things, which isn't like the worst thing That's in the world, so polygamous. but it's such a polygamous thing. I mean, we were in Vegas and I've been like talking about buying myself a nice pair of sunglasses for like, the, this was last year and we've been together for 
almost six years. So we've been basically together for five years. And for the whole five years, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm buying a nice pair of sunglasses because I'm like always getting like the $10 ones. You're going to be spending it. Yeah. Basically, sunglasses for a polygamist is like gas station. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And so I've been talking about, like, you do it, you do it, do it. So finally, we're in Vegas and this guy comes out and he's like, pushing these sunglasses Did he come out with like a trench coat and like opened up his trench coat like you want to buy you pick and I was like this is it I'm gonna do it I'm gonna buy the sunglasses and Travis is just sitting there watching he's like is your polygamous brain gonna turn on are you gonna do it and he's like whispering you know in my ear (laughs) no he was he was talking about it later though he was like I didn't think you were gonna do it I was waiting for your polygamous brain to turn on and all of a sudden you fork over the money and there are those sunglasses but like it's crazy that your brain's just like no no this yeah. could this could feed the whole family for like a month oh dude the, <laughs> the amount of times that i've like thought of a purchase in terms of potatoes is insane <laughs> right <laughs> like how many pounds of potatoes can i do with this okay yeah. uh, no 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 just get it just get the pair of shoes or whatever it is right yeah but we were always i mean that's the way you're bred i mean i remember like my mom t- <laughs> my mom talking about like my grandma like scraping the 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 paper that like butter comes in but like after you get the butter out like scraping the paper <laughs> the butter knife. dude like, I, I relate so hard to this here's one for you pickled watermelon rinds have you ever had a pickled watermelon <laughs> rind because i have because my mom thought it was wasteful to throw away the watermelon rinds after you ate the watermelon <laughs> so you eat the watermelon the red part and then you stick the rest into like some vinegar mix and pickle it and then you could eat that too (laughs) oh my god and then you were were you involved in the chalk wars of 2006 (laughs) (laughs) uh what grade were you in when that happened gosh i think i was in like third grade so i mean i probably was involved in some way or another just because that was definitely like one of those things that like everyone did for at least (laughs) you know how like every elementary school has like a trend for a little while like i remember one time and i don't we'll get back to the chalk thing for a second in a second i mean but like one time like one of the trends was like the small black gloves like the liner gloves Mm -hmm. like that was like the thing to wear them I miss that trend. Yeah. I mean, because that, that, that's what I mean, though, is that, like it was so short-lived and mm-hmm. so like minuscule <laughs> that yeah. it was like, you know, it was just in one and of those out things. pretty quick. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I mean is like the small trends. But the chalk, the, the chalk thing was a little bit more pervasive oh for gosh. sure than the gloves. Well, we were, you know, really smart, innovative polyg- polyg kids. And we we're like, you know, teachers use chalk all the time. And we yeah. figured out one day at recess because, you know, we played in Pines Academy where it's like in the middle of a forest. And so you go out and rearrange your, your rocks. And that's basically <laughs> like what we have to do at recess. Your fort. <laughs> your fort. Thank you. And one day we like realized that if you bang two rocks together. You can create dust. It makes chalk. Yeah. And we're like, hmm, we use a lot of chalk in school. Like, we could make millions here. So, like, you got all these little plig girls and, like, braids <laughs> out there at recess every day, just like bang, 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 banging these rocks together. So, to paint a picture, you're. <laughs> Imagine a bunch of third grade girls and boys having a competition to see who could crush the most rocks and put them in. Use. Ziplocs. Exactly. <laughs> With like Ziploc PB bags. and J crumbs still in it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we did. We collect like little baggies and we're like, I don't know how it goes from here to like a chalk stick, but we'll figure that out later. You know, we don't need to think about that. Yeah. So we were like Baby out steps. there every day at recess, just like <laughs> every the bell recess. rings straight to the rock pile and bang out the rocks, like all and bang them together. Well, the thing is too, I remember it being like 
you look forward to banging rocks oh, together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest we look time. forward to just like sitting out there. It's like, oh man, we're yeah. I'm feeling good. My arms are tired from first recess, mm. but I ate lunch. So once <laughs> two fifteen rolls around, mm, here we go. <laughs> yeah, would it turn into a competition? Because all of a sudden, I'm pretty sure the us girls came up with it, but the boys were like, oh, they're making chalk. Well, we can make chalk better than you can make chalk. Oh yeah, for sure. But and then yeah, things got out of hand. Yeah, the boys started making chalk, and so now there's like tons of kids out at the rock pile. Dude, everyone rocks was together. out there. And I remember one day, like, the boys coming over and being like, look at this. We've made so much chalk. And they had, they had, like, several bags, which any chalk maker knows is, like, <laughs> like you can't bang rocks together and get several bags of chalk. You definitely can't do that, especially when you're a chalk maker. <laughs> <laughs> Upon closer inspection, there was, like, yellow and red and pink in the chalk. Like So they had sidewalk chalk from home. They bought, they... yeah, and then crushed it in the bag so they could win. But we had a fun group. Like, we were pretty yeah. close as a class. Yeah. Um, I remember getting in, in your dad's grade. So your dad taught sixth grade and and we were always upset about like us girls were always upset about like scouts and stuff because yeah, boys we loved like, camping like me and the girls yeah. we would go camping mm-hmm. and we loved it and you guys got to go camping for scouts and you guys got to learn how to do that stuff for scouts yeah. and whenever we asked about you know i want to learn how to do that they'd say oh well you have girls class which by the way you get to like learn how to be a good wife in girls class. oh my god i have a question for you i'm gonna yeah. let you finish but i have a question okay so you're I remember one year we were like, you know, girls can do it as good as the boys can. And the boys were like, no, you can't. And the your competition dad. competition between the girls class and the Boy Scouts? Um, do you remember that? Well, were you there for that? I don't know if I was there for that, but your dad suggested not a knot tying competition. Oh, that's yes. That's what you're I thinking that. of. Yeah. Um, and we did. So us girls all learned how to like tie the knots mm-hmm. and the boys learned how, you know, already knew how to tie the knots because the Scouts, of course, they were like, you guys can't do it as good as us. And we actually had a competition and we actually you kicked their ass kicked from their what asses. i remember yeah because i because i was in homeschool that year oh yeah yeah i forgot you had a year of homeschool yeah so i i was in homeschool that year and i remember just hanging out in my mm-hmm. dad's classroom all the time because i was like mostly because i was in this weird like limbo mm-hmm. stage where like so your class was huge mm-hmm. had a lot of kids mm-hmm. my class was small as shit we and had no girls right we had 11 boys no girls yeah yeah you were just in the year above me yeah and so, so they moved your girls like either down or up they went up they all went yeah. up so we only had we even even though we had girls that were in the class there was only three of them mm-hmm. and they all knew that like we don't want to be three girls and 11 other boys that's you know that's ridiculous we don't want to do that that's gonna be horrible for us socially blah 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 whatever they whatever excuse there was and then most of them actually most of them <laughs> all three of them had the grades to either go down to Corvallis or move up a grade yeah and skip a grade which is what happened mm-hmm. um but yeah I remember being mostly friends like most of my friends were in your grade mm-hmm. like with you and a bunch of other people but yeah um I remember sitting down in that because I remember watching you guys practice all the time like just hanging out behind my dad's desk in the gray desk right just sitting there watching you guys go about your class or whatever and you guys would stand up you remember that? Mm-hmm. And you all you had like the small little sections of rope, maybe mm-hmm. like twelve inches long, <laughs> and then you would like flip around. And you would see like your your stupid finger, like yeah, right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my cutoff finger is an advantage. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember that for sure that you guys totally kicked their ass. Yeah. And I remember that because I remember hearing about it from my friends, like 
my guy friends from the class oh. being like, yeah, stupid, whatever, it's <laughs> dumb. Like, they shouldn't have, whatever. I mean, we, we can practice a little bit more maybe. And I was like, you guys got your trash kicked <laughs> in by a girl with nine fingers. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yep, okay, so here's my question. Yeah. And we can end on this because we're almost two hours in. Holy moly. Okay. Um, so you were talking about girls class and um, doing like sewing and being a good wife mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Did you make a hope chest? I didn't. You didn't. I didn't. But you know what? Girls class was like about the time in my life where I was like, you're kind of out. Yeah. I, like, you know, 12, 13, 14. I was starting to be not so interested. And in, sure. So I don't know if they made a hope chest or not. Quit going. Why? Because I find the whole concept of a hope chest to be unbelievably misogynistic. Tell me about, I don't even like, Do I mean, my mom has a hope chest. Okay. So what I understand of a hope chest, and I might be wrong about this. I'm willing to be wrong. But what I understand of it is basically like when you are approaching puberty mm. and in the original sect of Mormonism, mm-hmm. that usually meant like you're going to be married soon. Mm. like within the next two years Mm -hmm. you know what I mean especially like back in the day Mm -hmm. um and so the concept of a hope chest came about because like once you started approaching puberty and your body started to change then you'd be married off that your hope chest it's already making me uncomfortable I'm sorry keep going (laughs) which is part of the reason why I wanted to ask you the question is because I wanted to have your hot take on it but hope chest is basically you gathering all the things that will make you be a good wife but in one central location so like pots and pans and sewing kits and like all this stuff and like you know your favorite dress that you look best in for your husband and like all this different shit that you would put in a hope chest Um, because then because then when you get married you have your kit ready to go yay yeah (laughs) no never made a hope chest but I wasn't exactly wifey material. <laughs> Let's be honest. Really wifey. Not according to the, the, the political standard of the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, so last question. Okay, or last, last few questions, if you don't mind. Go for it. Do you think that polygamy is dying out? Mm, I don't. You think it's here to stay? I think it's here to stay and the reason that I think that is because is because there will always be people that you can control I mean they like I know that people like to say oh they're consenting adults but are you a consenting adult if you've been raised to think that your whole life you've been raised to think that your whole family all your friends have been raised to think that and if you don't think that way you have nowhere else to turn to or go those people will always exist there will always be some families who are able to maintain that level of control and so i think yeah i think it'll always be a thing i mean we've seen it i keep wondering you know is the lds church going to go away now that we have the internet and people can google the last war (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah exactly but it hasn't changed that much because people just people just ignore the things that are bad and maybe that's not a bad thing if something's working for you but yeah um yeah i think polygamy will always be here nice last question okay how different do you feel 
that growing up in polygamy has changed your changed your perspective on the world as opposed to someone who didn't i guess like what did you what did you keep what did you ditch but i mean i know that's a pretty long list on both sides maybe maybe one side or one list is longer than the other about like what you got rid of in regards to polygamy versus what the things that you kept but i'm just kind of curious how growing up in polygamy changed your perspective or at least understanding it changed your perspective um i think the biggest thing is that it made me pretty cynical to religion in general yeah i think that that would be the biggest takeaway like i've seen probably some of the worst thing i mean i mean the worst things like there's tons of religions that have gone wrong around the world but like i've seen one of them yeah in my opinion Mm -hmm. not that there's not a lot of good that can come from it but um i definitely am a lot more cynical to religious beliefs than i think i would be otherwise if i'd grown up in a more mild religion for me a softer cult a softer cult thank you one with more plush yeah that's probably the biggest thing um as far as like a positive that i've taken from it i mean our the way we grew up was really incredible in a lot of ways we got to grow up in a safe place where everybody that you knew within walking distance was family yeah and there have been terrible things that have happened because of that trust but for me as a kid it was amazing i got to walk to whitney's house or walk down to your house i mean like me and whitney had a system set up where like we figured out if we could scream off of our front porch you could actually hear it from my mom's house to her mom's house and so like two screams meant like do you want to play now like one (laughs) scream meant like later so like i mean we would hike and hunt for gold like there's there's a magical element of childhood that I got to have growing up in a polygamous group yeah. that I don't think I would have otherwise. Sure. But I still don't want the same thing for my son. You know, I don't want him to yeah. grow up having to question and tease out a lot of the ideas that I was processing at a really young age because I sense. think it made me a better person. Yeah. But, like, you still don't want your the people you love to have to go through hard things to be a better person so yeah okay i got you i mean i'm in the same boat as far as like the hesitancy towards organized religions and the like also combined with like the childhood element like the magical i really i'm glad they used that word because it definitely was like magical to me it was anytime i remember you know like you know being nostalgic and drinking with all of our old friends Mm -hmm. or whatever or sipping mountain dew with all of our old friends instead of drinking (laughs) <laughs> um, water pong. Yeah, water pong. We oh my god. Water pong. <laughs> yeah, we were so desperate to be cool. <laughs> um, but like sitting and talking about that kind of stuff, exchanging Pines Academy stories and everything, it's always so much fun to like yeah. remember that stuff. And so I do think that there is definitely like a magical element of like how we grew up, and and I definitely take that and keep it, and it holds a special place yeah. in me, you know. While also at the same time, I can for sure acknowledge that there was a lot of shit yeah. that happened yeah. that I am so glad that I'm not a part of yeah. anymore. And then like what you, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but like the last like six or seven years that's was been going on in the group that we grew up mm-hmm. in, being able to be removed from that. And I don't mean to sound completely, like completely disparaging, but sitting back and like kind of like munching on my own popcorn, watching all this shit, like burned down in flames has been crazy for me crazy in like a really like 
<laughs> I am so glad I'm not a part of that. Okay, but like also how cool are our lives? I mean, I tell Whitney, because me and Whitney will do like Pinesdale checkups sometimes. Oh, really? And like, Is she going, still involved with everything? Or? No, but her family, you know, she knows people. Oh, whatever. she's a gossiper too. Yeah. Whitney, dang it. I know, I need <laughs> to get a hold of her. Um, she would be great. But, but we talk about it, and it's like, think about how boring our lives would be if we didn't have all this shit to talk about. Oh, like, dude. We've got scandal around every corner. Dude, we got <laughs> mountains of stuff. That yeah. I, I really just want to sift through it all. I love that shit. Yeah, do it. You're the person <laughs> to do it. And I hope that people will, will tell their stories, because I think that it's going to be really helpful for a lot of people a lot of people who are trying to maybe even leave it's a scary time because you're not sure what the other side looks like especially yeah. if you've been sheltered in your family and if, yeah if this gives people a perspective of like oh this is what somebody who left the group and didn't fall off the deep end yeah or here's a person who left the group and joined the church and they're doing okay like yeah all those perspectives i think are probably better than watching your husband get another wife and telling yourself it's supposed to be okay yeah and being able to like, no, I, I appreciate you saying that. It makes me feel good <laughs> to be like, you know, I'm not saying that I'm like lending a service, but if there is anybody that's like listening to, you know, these episodes and, and, and the talks that I'm having with people. And if you're gaining more confidence about how you truly, truly feel in your heart of hearts about polygamy or religion or whatever it is, and if you're getting more confident about your decision to leave or stay even, whatever it is, like, I hope that you find that, you know, if you're out there. But, yeah, um, yeah. I appreciate you so much. Hey, thanks, Chris. You're very welcome. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah.